Welcome to the Press Pass Podcast. I am your host, Liam McEwen. Thanks for tuning in today. With us, we have Daniel from the Baltimore Sun here to talk some Ravens. How you doing, Daniel? Pretty good. How about you? Ah, doing all right. Doing all right. Now, to start, as we always do, in your own words, just kind of describe to me your journey in sports media from when you first realized that you wanted to be a sports writer to how you got to where you are now at the Baltimore Sun. Yeah, well, uh, I think that from an early age, I, I really, I really knew that this was this was something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, growing up watching ESPN, um, seeing guys like Stuart Scott, and reading the Baltimore Sun because you know I'm a, I'm a local guy. Um, I knew that this was definitely something that I wanted to do. And you know, as I grew older, you know, I was always watching ESPN, looking up stats and making graphs and analyzing um, numbers. And um, I just looked for every outlet I could to, you know, to exploit that. You know, um, when I was in high school, um, I was on the football team and I didn't get too much playing time. So I would um, go home after the games and I would write the, um, you know, the the post-game recaps and send them to the morning announcements. You know, that was kind of like my first real entry into journalism. And uh, when I was later in high school, um, around my junior, senior year, I started making a blog where I would do a lot of the stuff that, you know, the Baltimore Sun does, where, you know, we write about different topics and do sports predictions. And I just kept on going from there. And it's funny, um, I, I went to the University of Maryland and I wasn't a journalism major to begin with. Um, but, you know, I, you know, Maryland has one of the best journalism programs in the country. And, you know, I just had a, a real urge to, to, to go in that direction again. So, um, sophomore year, I took my first journalism class and, you know, ever since then it was full speed ahead. I was getting internships, writing for on-campus publications. I was writing for off-campus, uh, publications. And, um, you know, uh, during the summer, the summer after graduation, I had an internship with the Memphis Commercial Appeal, uh, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee, but prior to that, about two weeks before graduation, I actually agreed to, uh, you know, come aboard the Baltimore Sun. So uh, the past couple months have just been a, a whirlwind, you know, going from graduation to Memphis and then uh, back home to Baltimore to work. Yeah, I can only imagine. Commercial appeal. I know a certain David Cobb down there they interviewed for uh, this same series. I don't know if you knew him. He was on the Grizzlies beat. Uh, say, uh, say his name again. David Cobb. C-O-B-B. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, yeah, I love Kyle. He was great. Um, I, I sat next to him um, in Memphis, and he was great. You know, he showed me uh, the ropes. He helped me uh, out so much. So it was great working with him. Oh, yeah, he was great, dude. But um, getting back to your own story here, now you're, you, I know you said you originally wrote football, and you're writing football now. And is was that always kind of the goal, or did you mix around some other sports when you were in college and try to kind of explore the other areas to see what really stuck with you? Yeah, so um, I'm a big like not only football, but I'm a big uh, basketball fan. And um, I didn't really have a, a preference when it came to, you know, what I really wanted to, to what, what beat I really wanted to pursue. But um, that's just kind of the way things unfolded. You know, my first real um, uh, professional internship um, was working for a startup in the D.C. area. And um, I was covering the, the Redskins um, last season, last fall. And uh, the the sports startup um, actually shut down mid-season. Um, so, you know, that was right around the time that basketball season was started. So I didn't really get too much experience with, with basketball. But around that same time last year, I was covering Maryland football. And I did a little bit of Maryland basketball um, once, you know, college basketball season started. But it just seemed like football was kind of the one thing where I got most of my experience. Uh, and from there, 
Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, and then you said you had a blog while you were uh, in college. How do you feel like kind of you're obviously since you're on the younger side compared to most of the guys in this industry, most of the guys I've talked to, you're, they're all coming from traditional news backgrounds and sort of have to conform to this short form blogging style that's become really pre prevalent and popular in uh, in the sports media world today. Do you feel like coming from at like originally writing for blogs instead of doing traditional newspaper stuff kind of helped you? Uh, yeah, so um, my blog was actually in high school, but, you know, it, it, the same concept applied, you know, it, it was a couple years earlier, but, um, you know, it did it did help me where I could be a lot more creative, I could write more long-form pieces. I remember um, one of the pieces I wrote was after the Donald Sterling uh, incident, and, you know, I was only probably around 15, 16 at the time, but still, you know, I, I had thoughts on the on the situation and I was able to, you know, just kind of write everything I said. And, you know, if I went back and I looked at it, you know, there'd probably be a couple grammatical issues, AP style mistakes and whatnot, but it still allowed me to really express my thoughts and really start to start the process of forming ideas and putting them on uh, on paper, you know, on you know, online. Yeah, nothing like going back and looking at your old blogs with a trained editor's eye, right? All those AP mistakes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, you kind of really went right from you're in school, then suddenly you're writing, you have a job. What were the first few days on that beat like for you as far as that lifestyle transition went? Yeah, um, well, obviously, you know, when you go into your first your first job, you don't really know what to expect. You're really anxious. And, you know, I, I was, you know, I was kind of nervous. But, um, you know, I felt a, a little confident just knowing that I was from the area and I kind of knew the team, um, you know, just from background knowledge. But um, it was, it definitely was, and it still is a learning curve, you know. Um, I, I think that what I'm finding out is that the NFL season is pretty regimented for, for the most part. So um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting into that groove and, you know, understanding the nuances of the um, of the beat and the NFL season. And then, you know, from there, it's, you know, you're going to practices all the time and you're talking to coaches and you're trying to form those relationships with coaches and players and stuff like that. So it definitely, it definitely is an adjustment, but, you know, it's, it's something that I enjoy. Absolutely. And then I know you mentioned in high school, you mentioned specifically Stuart Scott, those kind of guys. Now that you're neck deep in the industry itself, you're one of them. Are there any writers that in particular who you try to model yourself after? Um, I don't know if I, if I, if there's one particular person I try to model myself, um, I try to model my, my writing style off of. I think that I, I take a little bit of every, of everyone. So even, um, in the months leading up to coming to the sun, I was reading a lot of Jonah Schaefer, who's the main Ravens writer. And, you know, he, he has a particular style and you can really tell his voice really like really, you can really, uh, his voice really stands out in his writing. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from reading a whole bunch of people. I want to, want to be myself. Um, you know, obviously you want to, you want to kind of take a little bits and pieces and learn what the greats do, but you still want to be yourself. And that's, you know, I'm really young. I'm still a young writer. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to develop my voice, develop my sound and put that into my writing. Definitely. And then what has been, what would you say has been your biggest challenge over this first couple of months here? Um, I think it's just kind of, kind of see myself, you know, I have really high expectations for myself and I know, um, I know that I kind of want to make a big splash and, you know, like do the best work, but as soon as possible, but you kind of have to, you know, take a deep breath and understand that 
you know, you're working with and against people who have been doing this for years. Some people have been doing this for decades and I'm six, seven weeks into the job. So it's, it's just kind of, kind of being practical and pragmatic about everything and knowing that, Hey, you know, not everything uh, in the first month, you know, you have to take steps and work your way up. All right. So we're going to move on to the next part of the interview here, which is just five big questions on the Ravens season. A little bit of inside insight from somebody like you who has a really good pulse on kind of what what's going on with the Ravens right now. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's go. All right. So first one, obviously the big talking point this year so far, Lamar Jackson. He really, really surprised people the first couple of games of this season. He played outstanding. In your eyes, what was the most substantial improvement he made from last year to this year? I think the biggest thing is that over the off season, he kind of went back to the basics. He worked on his mechanics. He worked on his footwork. Um, you know, he has a, he has a training coach, uh, QB coach that he works with a lot um, back home. And you could tell I wasn't there during uh, training camp, but all the reports were saying that he was just really, really improved as, as a pocket passer. And you saw that and you continue to see that, you know, he kind of missed routine passes last year. But now he's able to make the easy passes and he's able to make the harder passes. And, you know, we're probably just going to see even more improvement as he continues to get more starts under his belt. Mm -hmm. And then, as we probably should have expected a little bit, he fell back down to earth the last couple games through a couple picks against the Steelers. What areas do you think he still needs to improve on? Um, I think the decision-making definitely has to improve a little bit, especially in this uh, this past one over the Steelers. He threw three interceptions, which I think was is his most ever in his career so far in the game. Um, you know, he forced the issue a lot. So, like I said, at this point, it's it's more of just the, the maturation process with him. As he gets more experience, he's going to see more defenses and, you know, see being more situations where he knows how to, how to read defenses and, you know, attack those defenses. Mm -hmm. And over the offseason, Baltimore lost a couple of really important veterans. Terrell Suggs is gone. While obviously the positional difference is an upgrade, Joe Flacco is gone. And they brought in a couple other veterans over the offseason. How, from what sense have you gotten as far as the leadership aspect, how they've managed to replace somebody like Terrell, Terrell Suggs? Yeah, well, you really can't replace Terrell Suggs from a leadership perspective in a sense you know he's the franchise leader in games played he was here for I think 16 years so um you know there's guys in the locker room that on the defensive side particularly that have been there for several years uh, you know Jimmy Smith um Brandon Williams guys like that who have been there and they know what it means to like be a Raven play like a Raven but um you know so you really can't you really can't replace them, but there are guys that are there. Even a guy like Earl Thomas, who's new, but he's respected across the NFL, and they expect him to to be a leader. And I think he is, in a in a sense, um, even Tony Jefferson, even you know he's out for the year, he tore his ACL. Um, he's a guy that's really respected, and um, you know the the way players talked about him after his injury that showed how much he's looked um, looked at, especially the way he's looked at in the locker room. Absolutely. And then that segues right into my next question. As you mentioned, Tony Jefferson went down with a torn ACL this past week. Outside of the leadership aspects that you already mentioned, what is this defense losing with his absence and how will they try to compensate for that? Well, I think the main thing that they're losing is their defensive signal caller. Um, he actually took over um, communication duties uh, about two weeks ago. And, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a veteran in the league. So, you know, 
he's seen a lot of offenses. He can set the defense up. And um, John Harbaugh, the head coach, even admitted that they're still deciding who's going to take over this communication duties. So, um, you know, this defense has already been struggling, um, even with Jefferson in the lineup. So with him out now, it's, you know, it's going to be even tougher to, to kind of pick up the slack in terms of his play and, you know, the, the intellect that he brings to the field. And how can Earl Thomas help with that at all? Or is that going to be sort of, do they sort of operate in different realms as far as the defense goes? Well, yeah, that's, that's the big thing that uh, people have been talking about in Baltimore. Um, Earl Thomas is coming from, uh, he's coming to a new defensive system uh, that he is accustomed to in Seattle. And he admitted a couple of weeks ago that he's still getting used to the different things that they're asking him to do. So I'd be surprised if they give him the communication duties because he is still new and there's some more uh, older guys on the team. Um, but, you know, he's going to have to, uh, increase his level of play, you know, with uh, his safety made out right now. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, last question here, week five, you kind of have a good sense of what this team is. You have a good idea of what they're good at and what, where the areas that they can improve. Uh, from your perspective, what is the most important area that this team needs to get better in if they want to have a hope of making a deep playoff run? Yeah, without a doubt, it has to be the pass rush. Um, you know, they entered the season with, probably one of the what they thought was one of the deepest uh secondaries in the league and they've just had injury after injury after injury but there really hasn't been too much too many injuries on the defensive line and still you know they haven't been able to pressure the the quarterback at all they're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of sacks and pressures so um you know while they're waiting to get jimmy smith back the cornerback from a from a knee injury you know that really isn't going to mean anything if they can't pressure the quarterback and make uh, quarterbacks uncomfortable. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. Now we'll move on to the last part of the interview here, which is just five little things. They're a little bit more lighthearted questions on the more fun side, on the reflective side. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. To start, what's your go-to place to eat in Baltimore? Go-to place to eat in Baltimore. Um, it's going to be weird. I don't really eat out too much, but, uh, Whenever we have like a birthday in the family, something like that, I go to Hibachi Grill, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with Hibachi, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you can't. Um, so this could be from your brief time at the Sun here, or it could be from any of the other gigs that you've had in the past. But who has been your favorite interview so far in your career? Uh, favorite interview so far? Let's see. Hmm, it's gonna be a gonna be kind of kind of weird but um i've done two interviews I, i'm also a big music fan and um i did a lot of uh, a little bit of music writing in college but um two of the most i guess fun were um an alum of maryland from maryland alumna and she played with beyonce's band in uh, coachella and it was pretty cool to you know talk about talk to her about her experience there and then also interviewed a um kind of a rising uh singer in the dmv area and it was cool to kind of talk to her. Um, she came back from California where uh, she was living and I was talking to her early music career. So it's pretty cool to kind of talk to people when they're before the fame and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And you got to talk to somebody who basically talked to Beyonce. So, I mean, that's a huge plus. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to, so you say you do music writing, when it comes to what are the perhaps maybe the biggest differences between writing about sports and writing about music, just from a writer's perspective, obviously content perspective, it's vastly different, but as somebody who's done both, what are the different almost nuances of those crafts? 
it's funny because I, I don't I don't know if there's too much of a difference. You know, I feel like a lot of the same journalistic principles apply. You know, you want to be objective, you want to be analytical, and provide a fresh perspective. Um, I really can't say anything in particular changes. I think that with music writing, I'd say you probably want to um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of it. You probably want to come with a little more, probably be a little more, not less judgmental in that sense, because it's it's music, you know, people, everybody has a different taste. So you want to kind of just put it on a plate and let people consume it and have their own perspective. Whereas with with sports, it kind of lends us to be more critical and, uh, you know, give our perspective. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. I was just curious, to be honest with you. Um, Who, you said you grew up a Ravens fan, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you so know, your all-time... All right, cool. Yeah. yeah, who who's your all-time favorite Raven? Um this is weird, but I always uh I always had a soft spot for Joe Flacco just, you know, early on in the in the in the franchise's history. They had a lot of trouble with uh, you know, franchise quarterbacks and really bad offenses and Flacco kinda of provided a little bit of stability. So I was always quick to defend him, and you know, I was kind of understood that um, he kind of got a little more blame than was was due, and never got as much credit as he deserved. Yeah, I mean, Joe. Yeah, he's a twenty twenty vision. You know what I mean? That they won a Super Bowl, but yeah. well, recency bias is more probably the correct term. But regardless, uh, what's something about? your job you have your job right now at the sun what's something that you now know about it that you wish you knew back when you were starting out maybe maybe all the way back when you were just in high school trying to figure it out trying to get it together something that i wish i had known back then yeah i don't know just kind of kind of hmm, that's actually a very good question um oh man i gotta i gotta sit on that for a minute um something that I wish I had known back then. I didn't, well, honestly, I didn't realize how regimented it was. You know, I think that the thing that I really liked about, um, the thing I really liked like about journalism is that it kind of takes you to places that you never would, uh, would think about. And, you know, it just provides a lot of different scenarios that, you know, the average person just doesn't have. But, you know, it's very regimented over the course of the week. I think that the most, the most, um, action is is on Sunday when the games happen or maybe during the week if there's like a big trade or a big signing but you know there's a, there's a process to everything and um sometimes I gotta kind of like I said before I gotta kind of kind of take a deep breath and take a take a step back and kind of understand that you know there's a process to everything and you know you gotta work incrementally yep absolutely that's a that's a I'd call that a good answer and then finally last but certainly not least What's something about this industry that you feel like other people don't really understand or might be wrong about? I think that a lot of people from the outside don't realize how much how much work and how much time we put in. You know, the weekly hours might not show it, especially for uh, for sports journalists where you're kind of going to practice for a couple hours and then you're back home. But, you know, there's a lot of work that we put in. Um, kind of in our off time to, you know, to work on these stories and to create story ideas and to, and, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that a lot of people just don't know about. So it kind of seems like we're kind of relaxing and chilling and, 
So obviously we're just writing about a game and, you know, talking about a game, but there's a lot of work that's put into produce all the content that comes out. Yeah, that's a similar sentiment from the other guys I've interviewed. One of them just said that there's way more waiting than anybody else anticipates, which I think is very true, actually. That, that is very true, yeah. <laughs> All right, Daniel, that'll conclude the interview. Thank you very, very much for agreeing to be part of it. Uh, your insights were very valuable as far as the Ravens go, and hopefully your story will inspire another journalist about to come fresh-faced out of the University of Maryland Journalism School and uh, try to get himself a job. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Daniel, from the Baltimore Sun, and this is Liam McEwen for the Press Pass Podcast signing off. 